Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey everyone, welcome to the newest episode of the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. And I'm Nick George Ellis, the Lowe's. Welcome back. We've had quite a hiatus. Uh Getting ready to talk about some rookies. Um, how have you been, Mung? Pretty good. I actually uh, I attended uh, one night at the NFL draft with our producer, Dan, since we are here in good old Chicago. Yeah, I wish I could have been there. Unfortunately, you know, work and travel, it makes things difficult, unfortunately. Well, it was fun. Uh, it was funny because you actually texted me while we were at the draft. Yep. And you wanted to uh, discuss some of the picks that had just happened. And sure ironically enough it's really hard to follow what's going on with the draft when you're actually there i could only imagine between uh extracurricular activities a lot of noise a lot of people sure i can only imagine it makes it hard yeah you know uh we had the uh, opportunity to uh speak with uh d'angelo williams we met him briefly really and, uh i i kind of wish i would have asked uh how how he plans to do those first three games uh while Le'Veon bell is suspended yeah how's he looking uh, he, I mean, he's a he's a big guy. He looks in shape. He could take me, that's for sure. Good. I, I assume he ran a couple wind sprints there or something. No, no. I think uh, he was oh. taking it easy that night. But, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> he didn't have to prove anything to you. Uh, I, I feel like he does, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll see. I won't be drafting him, that's for sure. I don't know. He might be worth a look. But uh, anyways, this is, a, this is an episode about rookies. Um, uh, in uh, true fantasy football addict uh, fashion... Uh, one of my dynasty leagues, we've already started our rookies draft. So, uh, uh, shout out to the guys out in St. Charles, home of the North Stars. Yeah, well, I gotta say, I went the opposite route. I am not hustling at all right now, uh, in true fashion. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let, let's start talking about, uh, some of the rookies. Uh, let's go by, we're gonna go by, um, skill position. So we're gonna start with quarterbacks. Sure. Um, you know, it was it was no surprise to anyone when the Tampa Bay Bucks took Jameis Winston number one overall. That was pretty much what everyone expected to happen. Yeah, they said it for months, and sure enough, uh, you get enough whispers like that, things are probably going to happen that way. Um, Winston, interestingly enough, going first overall uh, to the Buccaneers, do you think he has uh, any fantasy value for this year, or is this only a dynasty league sort of play? In a, in a one-quarterback set up lead yeah yeah uh i do not want anything to do with winston other than as a qb2 okay how about in a two quarterback league do you look him at do you look at him as more of a high floor sort of player or a high ceiling sort of player i think he's going to be a high ceiling sort of player um the reason winston had so many turnovers last year was because he's he's really a fearless quarterback um you know he's not afraid to throw it up to his receiver if he thinks he can fit it in a tight window, because and that that's really an NFL wise we've seen that that can't be that cannot that can ah, excuse me that can be not so great a la guys like Cutler and Stafford who can lose games from turnovers. Sure, um, but fantasy wise you want guys who are going to take a chance and maybe get you that sixty yard touchdown. You know those big plays are are what can win you weeks. So I I like Winston more as a fantasy quarterback than a real life quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a couple of great targets. Vincent Jackson, who had a very down year last year, should look to bounce back. And of course, Mike Evans, the second year guy, 
sky's the limit for him right now. Yeah, and they've got uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, who who was hurt last year. Sure. Hopefully he'll be healthy. Um, and Do I you actually, think getting Winston significantly helps ASJ? Um, I think so because say what you will about Glennon, I know I know there are some Glennon believers out there, but Winston is a is in a completely different tier than Mike Glennon. Right. Yeah, I I agree. Um, easy to get excited about a young quarterback, but for every young quarterback that's Andrew Luck, there's just as many Ryan Leafs out there and Tim Couches. Sure, but uh, and a quick side note too, I think this really helps. Cade uh, McNown. Go on, sorry. <laughs> I think uh, having Winston there really helps Doug Martin and Charles Sims too. Whoever whoever the guy is going to be in Tampa Bay, because they really had just such a lackluster offense last year that you can't expect the running backs to do great when there's no threat of a passing attack. Sure, but until I have some semblance of understanding what's going on in that backfield, I'm still not touching either of them. Sure, they're they're more late round flyers right now until unless we see one of them maybe win out in training camp or something. Yeah, along those that's lines. why we that's why we have the preseason. All um, right, and you know what? Uh, while we're on Tampa Bay, sure, um, I, we're going to talk wide receivers later. But I, I do like Kenny Bell too, who they got late in the draft, and I think that he's going to be an interesting guy if Vincent Jackson uh, doesn't resign once his contract's up. Sure, going forward, but I, I I don't know how relevant he is this year, but going forward in the league, sure. Yeah, Winston is definitely more of a dynasty prospect. Um, in in redraft leagues, he's probably a mid level QB two, I'd say. Yeah, I, I'd agree, absolutely. Uh, mid range quarterback two. Um, next quarterback off the board was, of course, uh, pick two, Marcus Mariota to the you Tennessee mean Mariotto. Titans. Mar- Marcus Mariotto, yeah, to the Tennessee Titans. Thanks, thanks, Raj. You're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. I, you know, I, I. I don't care for redraft. What What do you think? I'm not no. excited at all. No, he's not worth a touch. Now they also did grab. Uh, we'll talk about wideouts later, but they grabbed a, a high, high risk, high reward wideout. Uh, Doriel Green Beckham. Yeah, Doriel Green Beckham. I know. Uh, I know you have trouble with big words. I have trouble with uh, with uh, words longer than five letters. Um, <laughs> he, he's got decent weapons down there, I guess. Kendall Wright, if he pans out. Uh, Harry Douglas, I liked on the Falcons, but on the Titans, I I, I just. Don't want anything to do with them. I still think the only guy worth owning is the tight end. Yeah, my uh, my whole approach to Mariota was always, if he goes to the Eagles, I'm very intrigued. Uh, wherever else he goes, I'm more uh, indifferent, and that's how it is. Are you intrigued at all by any of the rumors flying around that the Titans are going to trade for Chip Kelly? Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. There's, you know, Philadelphia has kind of gone all in with Chip Kelly, and to trade him now would be just a, a terrible move, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't get it from a from an Eagles standpoint. That would be absolutely nuts. But well, I mean, say what you will about all the all the crazy moves that Kelly's pulled off. Um, you know, it, at least give him a chance to see if these moves pan out. Don't, uh, you know, he he could be one of those mad genius types where. You don't see how the how the logic works, but when it all comes together, it's just magic. That'd be crazy to let him, you know, demolish and reconstruct your entire team, uh, you know, alienate and ostracize LaShawn McCoy from the team. And I don't want to get into that. But uh, <laughs> uh, and then and then have the guy move over to Tennessee so he can chase his college quarterback. That's just a crazy thought to me. Just you know, crazy. We're getting talk. we're getting real off track, but while we're on Chip Kelly, um, I know for sure that I'm uh, circling December 13th on my calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is when Lashawn McCoy will be facing 
uh, his former team, the Philadelphia Eagles. And Uh-oh. I'll tell you what, uh, I don't know. I don't care how much he costs on the daily fantasy sites. I will be putting him on my team for that game. Next quarterback on the list is uh, Bryce Petty. Went in the fourth round down to the Jets. Only reason he's worth mentioning is because of the craziness happening in the Jets with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Geno Smith. There's They don't really have a future quarterback unless Geno Smith pans out. Bryce Petty's not worth a look in any league at this point this year, though. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, if you're in two-quarterback league or something and you want to take a flyer real late, go for it. But honestly, it's kind of it's going to be a real muddled situation there. I, I still think that Fitzpatrick is probably going to be the starter. Um, what were your thoughts on that? I still think Geno Smith is going to be the starter, so I guess we'll agree to disagree. Well, I guess uh, regardless, it won't be Bryce Petty. Yeah, either way, it won't be Bryce Petty. A um, couple more guys, Garrett Grayson might be worth something going forward if the, if the Saints are looking to move forward on Drew Brees in the next couple years. Nothing else to say on him. Um, Brett Hundley to the Packers. Uh, Packers went back to the well for another UCLA guy after Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it'll work out again for him. The Packers always seem to find things that just fall right in their lap. That makes me super excited. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, uh, Sean Mannion's kind of interesting, just because we, we, we I think we know who Nick Foles is at this point. He's, yeah. he's a, a serviceable guy, but he, he's not going to be someone that, uh, you know, you want to put all your eggs into Nick Foles' basket. Sure, he brings the hammer, but uh, he, can only, he can only bring it as much as the guys around him can. Yeah, so Mannion's an interesting guy to uh, keep an eye out, because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, with Jeff Fisher, uh, he likes pulling guys randomly if they if they're not uh, playing up to his standards. And there always seems to be some sort of unthought about undrafted quarterback that that has a couple good games late in the season. And you know this might be one of those guys that Foles falls apart and they need to figure out something else. Um, all right, I think we could move on to uh, running back then, unless there's any quarterbacks you want to bring up. No, that's that's uh, quarterback in a standard league. In a 10-team, 12-team league, you're not looking at any of these rookies. It's bottom line. Uh, Running back, however, that's not really the case. Yeah, I know uh, Todd Gurley has been talked to to death about, but uh, you kind of got to with a guy like that. Kind of got to. So how, you know, I've I've heard a lot of people say that Melvin Gordon is probably going to be the first rookie drafted in redraft leagues this year. Uh-huh. Just because he has the shot at you know contributing week one and really, really producing for you right away. But I think that if given the option, I would still take Gurley over Gordon, even in redraft leagues. What What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think uh, just in terms of team build and makeup, Gurley is going to be the guy that you want to own near the end of the year. Um, I think recently, recent memory is going to uh, play a lot in people's minds. Um, Le'Veon Bell didn't do much to start the season last year, but he won a lot of leagues last year. Um, he won't say, be doing much to start the season this year either. Exactly, and at the same time, he'll probably win people a lot of leagues this year again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so that that's the sort of thought that I'm looking at on, on Todd Gurley versus Melvin Gordon. Um, this isn't going to be... Now, at the same time, people always get a little overexcited, believe a little too much of the hype, and draft these rookie running backs a little too highly. So I doubt I'm going to own them in any leagues, but if it's going to be one of them, I'd want to wait on Todd Gurley. Yeah, I think there's plenty of you know mid-level RB2 types that you can get um, right around where Gordon's going to be going. Right. 
but I'd rather have Gurley sit the first few weeks if he does, if he even needs to, because according to reports, he's on track to to be able to go week one. But it's just that the Rams are saying that they're gonna give him as much time as he needs. Sure. Uh, but honestly, I think that down the stretch, you know, during the playoffs or late in the season, when when you need to squeak into the playoffs, maybe Gurley is the guy who can maybe get you there with a strong finish, more more so than Gordon. Right, I agree. Um, and this is, I think, the third year in a row now that the Rams have taken an early running back. They went from Stacy to Trey Mason, now to Todd Gurley. Um, and I just think that tanks Trey Mason's value. If they're going every year with another new young running back, that doesn't really uh, exude much confidence in your in your running game at all. And obviously, they already let Stacy go. Well, I actually like Trey Mason a lot. I think he's a very talented running back. The only the only knocks on him are one that he's not Todd Gurley. Yeah. And two, you know, his pass protection has always been kind of suspect and I think that Jeff Fisher really wants that three-down workhorse a la Eddie George. So do you think that that you think Mason's worth owning still in any any more than a handcuff role? Yes, my my take on Mason is that he is the perfect guy for you to target in those middle to late rounds if if you're taking someone like Le'Veon Bell because I'd rather have Trey Mason for the first few games than D'Angelo Williams. Hmm, interesting. I think that that would be a perfect guy to kind of sub in those first few weeks while Bell's suspended. Okay, okay. Maybe have him do, Maybe hope he does a, a little something and then trade him to somebody that doesn't realize Todd Gurley's on the team. <laughs> well, if you're playing leagues like that, then you don't even need to listen to our podcast. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> All but, right. Yeah, no, I love Gurley. Um, the only knock is the Rams' offensive line, but they're they're doing a lot or as much as they can to address that. You know, their next four picks in the draft were all O linemen, so yeah. they're definitely trying to build around that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Gurley's going to be a stud. Absolutely. I think he is going to be the show on the ground in uh, St. Louis. Now, it's for that exact reason that I'm not as high on Melvin Gordon as most people will be. Um, I think Melvin Gordon's going to fit in nicely for the Chargers, but Brandon Oliver just offers so much capability of catching the football and getting upfield that he, this is going to be a timeshare in the backfield and for the Chargers, in my opinion. Yeah, I think a lot of people are actually forgetting about Danny Woodhead. I actually like yeah. Woodhead more than Oliver in redraft sure. because sure. I think, especially in PPR, he's going to get that sneaky good value real, real late in the draft. Yeah, either way, uh, it's it's the common story all the time. People are going to get overhyped on these rookie running backs, overdraft them, and completely forget that you've got both Oliver and Woodhead in this backfield. So it may be a three-headed monster with a little less of Gordon than people are thinking going forward. You know, in, in redraft, I'm I'm actually considering taking um, one other running back over Melvin Gordon. Uh, any guesses as to who, who that might be? Well, there's two guesses that are coming to mind for me. Um, Tevin Coleman and TJ Yeldon. Yeah, um, for me, it's for me, it's Yeldon. Yeah, okay. because I I gotta say this, I love Tevin Coleman's situation more sure. than I do Yeldon's. Sure. Uh, but when you look at Coleman's tape, he's just not very impressive. He doesn't seem to be able to hit those holes well with burst. He's really mm-hmm. more of that that long speed guy where if he can get a hole, then you know he's gone. Mm-hmm. You have no shot of catching him. But if if he doesn't have enough space to work, then he gets maybe a couple yards and just kind of falls forward. 
They already have that sort of player in uh, Devontae Freeman, right? Yeah, they yeah, can... out of uh, FSU last year. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, TJ Yeldon. I think there's already been words that he's going to be coming out of the uh, coming out of the camp, or come... they've already given him the job, is what it sounds like. Come... I don't think we're even into camp yet. Well, but... they're not going to give it to Denard Robinson. I mean, I, I like the guy. He uh, he's super athletic and talented, but he's just not a good running back. He played quarterback in Michigan, and yeah, and he's got the speed and the moves, but he doesn't have that running back instinct. But they still have Toby Gerhardt. <laughs> I think they're actually talking about moving him back to fullback or H back, I think. Really? Okay. That's been that's been what I've been hearing uh, on the interwebs, which you can always believe everything. I who would ever lie on the internet? That's what I always think. I haven't. Yeah. I I certainly haven't. Um but that no, also... that's why that's why we have three million people taping while or watching while we tape this live show, right? There we go. Perfect. And we're getting that fifty thousand dollar sponsorship from Gillette. That's right, Gillette. Gillette, the the best a man can get. <laughs> hey, maybe they'll hear it and give us something. We'll see. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Gillette uh, might be, you know, not too happy right now if Tom Brady ends up getting suspended, though. Or Ooh. do you think Gillette even cares? I I don't know. They, they no, I I doubt they care. They don't. It's not follow like that it's sort not of like stuff. Tom Brady beat his kids or anything. Yeah, that's true. But what? How does that work? Like the stadium. Pays them to have their name? No, Gillette pays the stadium to have their name, right? Right, and the, and they just don't want bad press, is all. Right, they wouldn't. Want basically, bad, their yeah. brand is pre- is all over. You know, the backdrop whenever they do any sort of interviews or anything at the stadium. Yeah, right? that's right. Ugh, that's so stupid. I. I but you, you know, real real quick, let's talk about. I know he's not a rookie this year, but do you want to just? Give your quick thoughts about Jimmy Garoppolo. If if Brady does get some sort of suspension, what what do you think about him? I don't know. You could go either way. Ryan Mallett didn't do anything when he needed to for the Patriots. Not that he ever really needed to. But then again, Matt Castle, who is garbage, for lack of a better term, in in the hey, in the, he is going to be a great starter for the Buffalo Bills. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, he'll be something. Um, Matt Castle won 10 games for the Patriots, you know, when he had to step up, although that was, what, five, six years ago, seven years ago at this point. Um, Garoppolo's interesting in that he's surrounded by Bill Belichick and company, obviously. The Gronk, uh, Julian Edelman, Brandon LaFell still be back there, uh, LeGarrette. Um, I, don't I, think... I guess fantasy-wise, do you think he's startable if, if Brady's suspended? I Who are their first couple games against? Uh, well, they're starting the season against the Steelers. Yeah, I wouldn't touch. Oh, um, actually, I don't know. The Steelers just got that new rookie corner. Um, I, th- I think the Steelers are still a ways from from yeah. to the that vaunted defense. I know. When you think Steelers, you think of you know the terrible towel and Steel City and well, a, okay. a great about, defense, but that's not this? what they are right now. How about this? Let's say just for for fun's sake. That Brady is suspended for four games. Just for funsies. No, so, I don't want so, Jimmy Garoppolo. No? There's, a, there's, a, there's, there's so many quarterbacks in this league that that you can that you can say you'd want to start. I'd take, uh, you know, Mariota over Garoppolo. <laughs> no, I would. No, not Mariota. <laughs> um, maybe Winston. I don't know. I could see that. I could see the argument made. Okay. All right, but um... but there's so many other guys that are probably not going to be dra- like. Is Eli Manning going to be looked at by that many people? No. Play, start Eli Manning, you know? I think that his hype is building, and I don't like it, because I think that Eli Manning is going to be a QB1 this year. 
Yeah, see, I, out here living in Vegas, you don't really hear the hype start to build. I mean, big gambling city, but it's not a big football city. That's true. That's because they tried playing football in Vegas once, and that failed terribly. Yeah, well, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get back to running back. So Melvin yeah. Gordon, he he would be your number what rookie off the board in redraft leagues. Let's say you're in the middle rounds, okay. and you've got Gurley, Gordon, Coleman, and TJ Yeldon available. Uh, who would you pick out of those four? Uh, probably Gurley. Okay, and then what about after that? Probably, let's see, Gordon just isn't going to have the opportunities. So I think Gurley, Coleman, Yeldon, Gordon. Because Yeldon I have below Coleman because even though he's the guy, he's still the guy in Jacksonville, and that means nothing to me. You know, I, I keep flipping back and forth on that because I'm I'm really conflicted between Coleman and Yeldon because I like Yeldon a lot more from a talent perspective, but I think that defenses aren't going to be able to stack the box against Atlanta with Julio and Roddy's getting older, but he's still a productive possession receiver. Yeah, of course not. And uh, you know, I just I think that if they don't stack the box against Coleman, he gets those holes. He could just be gone on a weekly basis. Yeah, very true. Very true. Very possible. Uh, they were able to do that last year a few times. Yeah, look at uh, what Anton Smith did. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's the guy I was thinking and, of. And before Coleman he's... Coleman is much much better than Anton Smith. Yeah, well, let's hope for Falcon's sake that he is. All right, so um, what, what about Devontae Freeman? So let's, let's just move to Coleman now. I, I think we've talked all we can about Melvin Gordon. Yeah. About Devontae Freeman? Yeah. Well, do you think that he has a chance to win the job still, or what are your thoughts on that? Because Shanahan obviously signed off on the Coleman pick. So. Yeah, I think that's a tra- uh, preseason training camp battle. Um, it's probably Whoever wins, it's probably going to be close at the beginning of the season, like a 60-40 sort of carry split with a little bit of sprinkling of if Anton Smith. If, if he's still on the he's still on the team, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I believe they, they re-signed him. Yeah. Um, we, so, we have, we have uh, the Jaquiz now. Yes, yeah, Jaquiz Rogers is in Chicago with the other – 17 running backs which i don't know why we have but either way hey, remember, we have uh, remember armando allen he, he was a nice guy right armando allen yeah he was he was good he was a good special teamer um and then uh, let's see so, they, so you're taking you're taking coleman over freeman right now at this point i'm taking coleman i'm buying into the rookie hype okay you don't get a guy if you think your guy is going to be the guy yeah, I, I will say this though. I don't think that Coleman's going to be anything more than a than a mid to low end RB two. I think he'll be a guy that you can plug in there and be okay with. But I don't know that he's going to be winning you any championships on his own. And that's the trouble. Just in terms of pure usage, Yeldon's going to be better than him, but I think he's going to be more effective in his usage. But Gurley is going to outclass them all, in my opinion. Okay, that's fair. I I, I can certainly see that argument. Um, so let, let's talk about T.J. Yeldon a little bit then. Sure. Um, he, do you think that he's going to be a three-down back either? Because I think that Denard Robinson and possibly Storm Johnson will still be involved in the passing game. No, I, I don't think this is going to be as clear-cut of a uh, workhorse sort of situation as people are hoping for. People thought that Gerhardt was going to have a clear-cut workhorse situation. But that just doesn't happen in Jacksonville, and that's not the way the league is moving. Uh, you, you don't want to lean on a young guy like this to get pounded on and get destroyed so that you ruin his career in a year and a half. 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I watched Yeldon's tape, and I, I I like it a lot, but I wonder how much of that, um, same with Gordon, is the is the run blocking from, from the line. Yeah. So my my question is, can he can he duplicate his production when Jacksonville doesn't have a very good run blocking line? No, he's going to get swallowed up, just like we talked about in a long t- long time episode ago. I know we only started this what two months ago, but it feels like eons. Um, we were saying even if Demarco Murray got signed by the Jaguars, he's going to get swallowed up. There's, and we thought that maybe they'd use some of that money to improve that line. Apparently, they didn't think it was that important, and they ran into some rotten luck going early on that defensive end, who's who's gone now, Fowler. Yeah, yeah, that's that's terrible. But hey, he seems he seems like he's uh, pretty upbeat that he's gonna recover quickly, and we we wish him the best. Well, I'd be upbeat if I just signed a multi million dollar contract too. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, uh, next running back. Uh, how about? Um, Duke Johnson signed to the Browns. How do you feel about that? Uh, how I feel about everyone who's who goes to Cleveland. <laughs> Sorry, Cleveland. And we're harboring a little more hatred for you guys right now because we're right in the middle of the Bulls Cavs series. And hey, we're, we're we're leading that series now. We're that leading was a great the series win last night. That's right. That's right. And hopefully they can. Uh, win again tonight and then only spend one night back in Cleveland because as Joe Kim Noah says, you never heard anybody said I'm going to Cleveland on vacation, right? <laughs> who want who wants to go to Cleveland? Well it's it's also like uh who was it? I think it was one of Boston's mayors uh a few years back who somebody asked him about about the city and he said something along the lines of uh you know, it ain't metropolis but at least it's not Cleveland. <laughs> That's awesome. The mistake on the lake. Yeah, but all right, for reals, um, Duke Johnson. I I, I actually reals. think that. <laughs> sorry, you know my, it's uh, right. my ghetto slang just comes out sometimes. Yes. Oh yeah, you are upbringing. so you've got the hood in you. Yeah, Duke Johnson, another running back in in the Browns organization. Um, Crowell West now. Uh, Duke Johnson. I don't really think it matters who's back there. It's just going to be another running back. You know, I think that Cleveland's actually going to be interesting for running back production because they will have Alex Mack back, and mm-hmm. that's going to help their run blocking significantly, assuming he can stay healthy. And the thought is that they're not going to want Josh McCowan or Johnny Football or whoever it is throwing a ton, uh, and they're going to try to be as run heavy as they can. So there's certainly plenty of carries and receptions to go around. And here's my thoughts on the situation. If I'm going to own one running back, it actually will be Duke Johnson uh, rather than Crowell or West. Because my thoughts are that Crowell and West are more of the the bruising first and second down down backs um, who are going to get you those tough yards. And Duke Johnson is going to be that pass catcher. So if anything... West and Crowell are going to kind of split carries, and Duke Johnson will get the bulk of the passing down work. That's an interesting thought, but do you want your bruising back at the goal line, or do you want your passing down back at the goal line? I guess what I'm saying is I see that frustrating, do I start him or do I not, with Crowell and West, whereas if you're in, especially in a PPR league, and you, you need to flex somebody, I'd rather take Duke Johnson rather than the chance of, Will Crowell or West score a touchdown this game? Regardless, these are not guys that you're touching anywhere early. Nowhere, not even in the fifth round. Six, seven, late, late picks, correct? 
Sure. This is if you're going a uh, you know a stud quarterback or Gronk at at the beginning of your draft and load up on some wide receivers. This is more of a I'm going to get who I can get at running back later approach. Flip a coin and hope for the best. Hope some hope hope that Terrence West gets hurt and that Duke Johnson can get some carries for you or something. Right. All um, right. Yeah, I, I don't think we need to talk too much more about Duke Johnson. No. Next guy on the list, however, I think is worth a little mention, Amir Abdullah. Um, there's a lot of talk going around that he's going to just supplant Joik Bell like it's absolutely nothing. I don't see that happening. I think that part of that is rookie fever. Yeah. But yeah. I do think that Amir Abdullah is going to be a pretty solid back once Joik is gone. Or sure. if Joik gets injured, I think that he is more than ready to carry that load. Yeah, okay, sure. He's a he's a big guy. He can, you know, move the chains, things of that nature. Well, uh, he's Abdul not actually, actually that not big. A, no, yeah. he's not a big guy. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I, th- I think Joik Bell is yeah. much bigger than him. But, I, I, see, here's my, here's my problem. I think that NFL coordinators and coaches have that mentality that a smaller guy can't carry the load. But we've seen plenty of times... Uh, where guys can, even though they're smaller, guys like Jamal Charles. And I think that Abdullah actually has shades of Jamal Charles in him. Sure, Morris Jones-Drew, another little guy that, that was great for many a year. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this about Amir Abdullah. I was watching, uh, I actually watched the game uh, of Illinois against Nebraska, and we, we could not stop Abdullah at all. He was running all over us, and part of that was that our defense was terrible. But yeah. part of it is he's a really, really good running back. And I actually think that he's probably my fifth rookie running back um, after Gurley, uh, Yeldon, Gordon, and Coleman. I think that Abdullah is next over Duke Johnson or Jay Ajayi or any of the other guys. Yeah, well, Ajayi is another case altogether, of course. But, uh, I, yeah, I mean, we're getting down to it where these guys I don't think are going to be seeing much of the ball this year. Um, they still have uh, – Joik Bell, I think, is a good running back. I think he's still a reliable – in a PPR, he's a low-end uh, running back one. In a standard, I still think he's a he's a running back two, solidly. Um, Amir Abdullah doesn't scare me from a fantasy perspective in that point. But going forward – Absolutely, if they don't resign Joik, I mean he is getting up there a little bit in the years. Abdullah has a has a good future going forward for him in Detroit. Well, I do think that Abdullah could play that Reggie Bush role because I've never been super high on Theo Riddick. He's got he's got a little uh you know, speed and agility to him in the passing game, but I think Abdullah is a better overall back that can complement Bell. Sure. But even if he does that, even even if he fills the entirety of the Reggie Bush role, Joy Bell was still 10th or 11th in total touches for a running back last year with Bush and Reddick back there. But the thing is, you, you have to remember that two years ago when Bell and uh, Bush split the carries and the workload, they were pretty close in rankings. Uh, I, I believe Joyke Bell was the number 10 running back and Bush was 12 or 13. So I think that Abdullah could be a steal uh, a few rounds later for about the same value. Hmm. Okay. I, I know I know you're much higher on Joyke Bell than I am. Yeah, that's true. And the other thing that you have to keep in mind with all these rookie running backs, the, the NFL playbook is not an easy thing to just absorb and get into games in on. Um, that's why there's a lot of overhyped running backs, and very, very few of them are ever as good as you think they are in their first year. Like the the only recent examples of great ones are are the uh, the recent uh, Bengals running backs. Yeah, that, that's very true. I actually think that 
uh, Amir Abdullah. I think I would take Amir Abdullah over Giovanni Bernard. Um, I'm pretty high on Abdullah, though. So Wow. Yeah, I can't say I would do that. Okay. Um, agree to disagree, I guess. But there we I, go. I guess I am catching a little bit of the rookie fever. You've got that rookie fever in you. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about Jay Ajayi. Everybody loved him uh, when he, you know, uh, when he said that he was going out for the draft, and then he had that combine recheck where all the doctors seemed to red flag him for those knee issues, and then he dropped to the fifth round. Yeah, bone on bone. That's that's not a good thing. That's some heavy arthritis. That's some meniscal issue. That's that's trouble when you're a running back. When when you're you know, 70 years old, 75 years old, and you're bone-on-bone. Bone. That's a knee replacement. That's trouble. Um, Miami took a good flyer on him in the fifth round because he's, he's ultra-talented. Um, just sad to see him have to fall that far because of this issue. Uh, I guess I'm also in the camp where every everybody seems to think that Lamar Miller is just not good, that the Dolphins aren't going to re-sign him next year, and I don't think that's the case at all. I, I think it's more along the lines of what you just said, where the Dolphins had him on his board. It was the fifth round, and they said, hey, why not? It's a fifth-round pick. He could be great. Or if he you know, if he tanks, we have Lamar Miller. Exactly. You're not showing a lack of confidence or a necessity to replace your own running back when you take somebody in the fifth round. The Bears take somebody in the fifth round at running back routinely, and we're more than fine with Matt Forte. Right, and I, I think that Lamar Miller's draft stock is going to go way down, and I think that he's going to be a steal wherever he ends up. Man, I hope it does, because I like him. All right, um, let's talk a little bit about a few others. Uh, these are guys who are unlikely to usurp the starting role for any of the current running backs. Right, um, but so they, do, they do muddy the waters, uh, however. Sure, I just don't think that any of them are really worth um, drafting other than very, very late, just because I don't see them contributing much at all their first year. Um, guys like David Johnson, who went to Arizona, I think that uh, Ellington has shown that he can't he can't handle a workhorse role, but I think that he is still going to be the starter there. Uh, what do you think? I think, yeah, he's still going to be the starter. Um, but this is this spells a little bit of trouble for Ellington. Ellington's always highly touted. Ellington only averaged about 3.3, 3.4 yards per carry last year. He can't take that workhorse role. Uh, this guy's going to bite into his carries. Um, it drops Ellington's stock, but I don't think Dave Johnson's worth owning. No, I, I actually I, I don't I see this as a positive because um, two reasons. One, Bruce Arians has already come out and said that David Johnson is going to be backing up Ellington. Ellington is their starter, and when your head coach says that you are not going to be you know fighting for a starting job, that basically helps Ellington's value. And two, uh, two years ago when Ellington uh, was with guys like, well, who was it, even Jonathan Dwyer? And, and who else was there in Arizona? I can't even remember now. Uh, LaRod Stevens-Howling, uh, Stephen Taylor. Yeah, so I think that Ellington is actually better when you give him a little rest. When he gets maybe, let's say, 15 to 20 touches a game, nothing more than that. Um, I, I'm actually happy with Ellington having a slightly lesser workload because I think that um, he's not built to handle being a bell a bell cow and i think that it's better when you get ellington out in space and get, give him some some breathers in between in between series see i think this is going to end up more like a situation where he's clearly the starter but it's going to be a situation that we've had like in the past seven or so years with 
D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, you know. Williams has been the starter, but they eat into each other's touches, and, you know, that makes neither of them very fantasy relevant. Or like Lendale White and Chris Johnson in Chris Johnson's rookie year. See, I don't know. I think that Ellington's still going to get, I want to say, 70% of the touches per game, and I think that that's where he should be. Hmm. I, I don't want him. He's um, He's off my board. All right, well, I'll be happy to take him then. All yours. All right, so uh, let's talk about Carlos Williams real quick. Uh, he's not going to be beating out LaShawn McCoy. Uh, no, of course we don't, not. We don't even really need to talk about him because we don't know if it's going to be Williams, Bryce Brown, Fred Jackson's still there. The Fred Jackson still has some the wheels incredible on Fred Jackson yeah. at the grand old age of 82 still playing <laughs> running back. As long as he's there, he's going to touch the football. There's no reason to keep him on your team to, to play special teams. Fred Jackson's not going to do that. Let's not be crazy. Yeah, and all these guys are more uh, wait-and-hold dynasty prospects, but I think that even in dynasty, I'm not really too excited about Carlos Williams. No, not at all. Uh, the next guy is a little bit interesting. Mike Davis uh, out of South Carolina. He went yeah. to the 49ers in, I think, the fourth round. Um, so a little bit later, I don't, I've seen a little bit of hype uh, online about how he might beat out Carlos Hyde, and that's just ridiculous to me. Carlos Hyde is going to be their starting running back, no question about it. It's his job to lose? Yeah, I just I don't see anything amazing when I watch Mike Davis's tape, and, and they also signed Reggie Bush, so I think that Davis is a clear number three on the depth chart right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, how do you feel about Jeremy Langford to the Bears? I don't really get it um maybe they just wanted to sign another guy from midwest a michigan state product of i i don't know i'm i was fine with kadeem carey maybe it's just saying that they don't believe in kadeem carey so if you're a dynasty player holding on to kadeem carey or a guy that uh, likes to handcuff the top backs with their guys maybe jeremy langford's where you look instead of kadeem carey this year but jack is rogers was just signed too so i don't know it's a it's a muddy backfield deck there now yeah, I think Langford is going to be uh, number three on the depth chart. I actually think this drops Carey's stock a little bit because um, Carey was a product of the Emory and Tressman regime. That's true. And I think Gase and Fox kind of want their own uh, approach to it, and they're kind of planting their flag with Jeremy Langford. So you think he's a preseason cut this year, maybe? No, I think they'll carry him, but I just I don't know that I'm super excited if I'm uh, holding out hope that Carey is going to be the next Matt Forte. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I, I, real quick, I just think Langford, Carey, and Jaquiz are all going to be sort of in a muddled committee if if anything did happen to Forte. I think probably Jaquiz is the guy that's going to be the backup. Um, but if if anything, yeah, I agree. There, there's not a true handcuff anymore in Chicago. Right. Um, all right. The, an interesting handcuff, though, is Javorius Allen, sure. who went to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forsett is getting up there, and who knows how long, how much longer he's going to last. Uh, I think that he. I, I will say that I do think Forsett is the clear starter. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I think that again, people are getting too hyped up about rookies this time of year, and especially the guy's a—he's a, a fourth-round seventh. He's—he was the hundred and sixth man off the board. You can't get too excited about that. Yeah, and I, I like Buck Allen's tape, but I just don't—I don't think that he's gonna, you know, oust Forsett for as the no, no, not at all, anything like that. I'm sorry, it was one uh, twenty-fifth overall. I misread, but still, you know that, that's not something where you're saying, "Oh, well, he's going to uh, supplant a guy that they just re-signed for millions of dollars." Um, somebody's job that might be on the line though is Telly Farrow now. 
Yeah, again, I think it's going to be something of a committee if anything happens for set. Um, yeah, very few handcuffs going into this next year. We'll talk about that in a later episode, but but looks like very few true handcuffs are left. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so David Cobb to the Titans is interesting, though. This is the this is the only really interesting late round running back to me. Yeah, because to me, Bishop Sankey didn't do anything to lose the job from his play last year, but he certainly didn't do anything to win it. No, this will be something to watch for in the preseason. Sankey, I mean, was an early round pick. He should have, you know, grabbed it by the, grabbed the football and made things happen. But uh, well, that that footwork, you know, he, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, he had a little trouble there. He had a slight issue there, but uh, I think there's going to be a lot of slight issues for the Titans going forward. We're going to need to to see more from either of them before I draft uh, Cobb or Sankey. Yeah, I agree. Plus, it is the Titans line, so I'm still not particularly enthused about having either of them, even if I do get them late. We'll see no. what happens. No. It's a like lottery I, ticket pick. Like I said a billion times, Delaney Walker is the only guy worth touching in the Titans. On the Titans, and I think he's even—I I think his stock has even dropped now. But that's well, fine. well, we'll talk about Doriel Green Beckham in a little bit. He might be interesting too. Okay, sure. All right. Any more running backs you feel like touching on? Uh, we'll just say—I'll just run through them a, sure. a couple real quick. You can chime in if you have anything. Sure. Uh, Ar- Cameron Artis Payne uh, got taken by the Panthers. He's interesting because Jonathan Stewart's always hurt. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, Matt Jones went to the Redskins. Uh, Alfred Morris is the clear starter this year in redraft. Uh, I'm not. I'm not worried about Matt Jones in dynasty. He might be interesting because I believe Alfred Morris's contract is up next year. Um, <clears throat> Josh Robinson to the Colts. That's interesting because Frank Gore is. What is he now? Like 32 years old? Yeah, 32. I think. Um, yeah, so Frank Gore, or I think he's 31 still, but he'll, he will be 32 in, in just a week or so. I saw something on Twitter about that. Um, but Frank Gore is kind of like Fred Jackson in that neither of them seem to age. And I want nothing to do with Josh Robinson unless this is like two years down the line. So not in, in even... Dynasty, I'm really interested by Josh Robinson, but not so much in Redraft. I'm not. I, I still think that uh, I think Josh Josh Robinson is just a depth sort of pick. Sixth round, you got to fill your special teams. He could be he could be a good special teams player. I think Boom Heron is their uh, is their backup going forward. I liked what I think they're happy with what they saw him in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, like I said, more of a dynasty flyer if you think that he could be the guy after yeah. or uh, is done there. Yeah. Um, that's, that's all I really had for running backs. I know that people were kind of excited, um, about a few others, but I don't, I don't really, I don't have anyone else that really excites me. Well, there's only like two more that were even taken in the draft, uh, unless you want to get into UFAs, which I don't. No, I think that, I think there are some interesting gems there, but we don't really need to talk about them that much. No, not for a fantasy, not from a fantasy standpoint, um, very relevant to a fantasy standpoint, however, is the next couple of whiteouts that we're going to be talking about. Um, a couple of these these guys are even guys that you might be targeting in your top five rounds in your fantasy draft, depending on your league setup. Yeah, we saw we saw from last year's rookie class that uh, rookie wide receivers can contribute now. Um, I think that people shouldn't overreact and expect them to, because last year was a historical year for rookie wideouts. 
but I think that the league is moving to a more passing oriented, you know, play style where wide receivers could be um, pretty, pretty productive in their first year. Absolutely. Get excited about these guys, but temper your expectations. I don't see another Odell Beckham in this group. Uh, I, I, I see one who could be, or a couple at the top that I do really A couple? Like. Uh-oh. Um, temper so. your expectations. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, mm-hmm. all right, let, let's start off with, uh, you know, we got to go with the hometown bias. Let's talk sure. about Kevin White taking seventh overall by the Bears. He's actually my number one ranked Wookiee excuse me, Wookiee, right, wide receiver, Chewbacca. Um, (laughs) Kevin White is my number one ranked rookie wide receiver. Um, I I do really love this pick for the Bears, though. Um, I I was hoping that the Jets would pass on Leonard Williams at that and that the Bears could snag him, but I will say that I'm still very, very happy with Kevin White. Um, To me, this is, he is in the same mold as sort of a, um, sort of a mold uh, or a combination of uh, Demarius Thomas and Julio Jones, and that's and that's high praise. And wow. I'm not saying that he he is any of them or that he's going to be as productive as any of them this year, but I do think that he has uh, the same talent and skill set. Um, I think you know, looking at his West Virginia tape, he's got the size and the speed. Uh, of Julio Jones to to go up for those 50-50 grabs deep downfield, but he can also take a short screen or slant to the house, uh, a la Demarius Thomas. I think that he is a lethal weapon for the Bears. I completely agree. A lot of Bears fans out there um, were uh, put off. They wanted defense. Getting Kevin White versus getting defense, neither of them are winning us the Super Bowl this year. We have a lot of significant holes to fill, and taking Kevin White was a great move he's going to be a very productive wide receiver even i will say he should be owned in fantasy leagues and i i never get excited about rookies yeah i I think that people saying uh he's going to immediately replace brandon marshall's production uh, that's a little far-fetched to me but i do think that he's he's a step in the in the right direction sure um relevant to dynasty owners this might hurt your uh temper your expectations a little more for marquez wilson this year because i do think eddie royal has the slot spot locked up um yeah you're uh you're a marcus wilson owner aren't you i am i i like marcus wilson so i mean i'm not i can't be mad about it because i'm a bears fan i'm glad they have kevin white he looks phenomenal i want him to do things uh marcus wilson i mean the way the the league's turning into a passing league he can be productive for, for a football standpoint but i think i might be cutting bait on him in most fantasy leagues in most dynasty leagues at this point sure i think marcus wilson is sort of like um like a oh man I'm harry wondering. douglas yes Yes, that's. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised you knew exactly who I was trying to say. Well, I um, love Harry Douglas. Yeah, I think he'll be a great uh, fill-in role. Um, you know, a, a, you know, if we ever need to go four wide, he's great to have on the field. But I just don't know that he's going to be productive uh, in the near future. Right. Yeah. Not not unless there's an injury or something goes awry, or if Kevin White is horrible, which. I'm really praying isn't the case. But there's been a number of busted out wide wide receivers at the top of the draft. Most yeah. of them go to Detroit or or uh, the Raiders, <laughs> but no, I, and I think there there obviously is a, a a potential that White could bust like Stephen Hill or Justin Hunter so far, 
um, yeah. because he is more raw measurables than he is refined route running. But uh, from from everything I've seen, he's a he's a smart kid. He's willing to study the playbook hard, and I, I have high hopes for him. I just hope these hopes don't go as high as Darius Hayward Bay's hopes. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's hope he uh, he doesn't go down that path. That would just be um, terrible. But I know that a lot of people disagree with me and have Amari Cooper as the number one wideout this year. Yeah, speaking uh, of what Oakland. What are your thoughts on him? I think with the new regime in Oakland, with uh, uh, with Derek Carr back there, I think in a PPR league, this guy is probably going to be your number one uh, rookie wide receiver to own. Um, in a standard, I would lean towards White, but in a PPR, I think Cooper's the guy that's going to take it. So my my take on it is that I will take Kevin White, even in PPR, over Amari Cooper. Really? Even with the new offense going to be seen uh, with the Bears throwing the ball less around? Yeah, um, I think that Kevin White's going to get more touchdowns. And even though Cooper might have a few more receptions, I think that White is going to get plenty of action even in his, in his first season. I know, that, I know that the Bears want to run more and reduce uh, Cutler's role. Um, and have him make fewer poor decisions. But uh, our defense isn't built yet, and I think that there's going to be plenty of passing volume, uh, at least for the next year or two. And I think that White is going to see a lot of targets. I could see that, but don't forget who's standing on the opposite side of the field. He's going he's gonna to get a ton of targets, too. That's true, but I, it is true that Cooper is far and away the, the most talented wide receiver now in Oakland. I, I do like Rod Streeter. Um, I think that he's still an interesting guy real, real late in drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cooper's definitely the number one there. Yeah, Cooper's the number one wideout, and he's the number two offensive option there. Whereas White, to me, is still... After Forte, after Alshon, after Martellus, he, he's you know, uh, number four or five option offensively. Sure, I just think that White's going to get a lot more. Uh, well, one, he's in a better offense overall, and two, I think that he's going to get a lot more red zone looks. Okay. Both because he's going to have the size to get more red zone looks and because they'll be in the red zone more. Yes, absolutely. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. okay, I can see that. Um, so, th- so the next wide receiver on the list uh, is Devontae Parker, and I'm actually a lot lower on him than most people. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Parker before I kind of rain on his parade? My main thought is, sorry, Jarvis Landry owners, Devontae Parker's here. Uh, you know, I actually don't agree with that. Really? I think that Landry's still going to be the slot guy. He's going to get. Uh, he's going to have decent value in PPR. Um, but my whole thing with uh, and my stance has been since all the trades went down with Stills and the Saints is that all the Miami Dolphins moves so far this offseason and during the draft benefit Ryan Tannehill the most. Sure. As for their receivers, I think that we're going to see a, a lot of separated production uh, split out between Jordan Cameron, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, I think all of those guys are going to be eating into each other's production. Um, the only the only wide receiver that I will own in redraft um, on the Dolphins is possibly Jarvis Landry. That is my stance. Okay. So what you're saying is Kenny Stills went from a position where it's like owning a receiver on the Saints where the ball gets spread around to being like owning a receiver on the Saints, just called the Dolphins instead. Uh, actually, exactly, because Bill Lazor runs uh, a similar type offense, um, you know, back when he was in Philly with Chip. And mm-hmm. I think that they are going to spread it out a ton. And I think that 
there's going to be value week to week, but I won't be drafting any of these guys high. I think that Tannehill is the big winner here. He is now a solidified QB1. I couldn't agree more, and with all the frustration that people have seen owning different uh, New Orleans receivers over the years, getting excited about, you know, Meacham and and Toon and Stills and, uh, let's see, Lance Moore, uh, Marcus Colston, they've all had productive weeks, but none of them have been reliable for the course of a season, and I think that's, I I agree, that's what we're going to have here in Miami. Yeah, unless unless you've got a crystal ball hidden up your sleeve, uh, I don't want to deal with uh, the the annoyance every Sunday, wondering which one of them is going to go off. Yeah, that said, I think that's not the case in New Orleans anymore. But that's another discussion for another day. Right, and and we'll we'll talk about New Orleans at some point. I'm sure, sure. they of just course. didn't really wow with any uh, offensive draft picks this year. No, nothing. So I, I guess for me, Parker is nothing more than a wide receiver four or five, really. Yeah, I mean, maybe pick him up with a waiver if uh, if he starts doing anything spectacular. But I agree. You know, I I like him in dynasty. I I've seen him going in the in the top five of most rookie drafts, and I will mm-hmm. say that I actually probably wouldn't take him until eight or nine. That's how low I am on Parker. I I, I know that he's a really talented guy, and you want talent over situation. Right. But for the foreseeable future, I just don't see him getting a vast majority of targets or looks and i don't think that he's going to have enough targets to really be productive completely agree completely agree on the flip side i think this next guy might have enough targets to be productive but what can he do with these targets i'm of course talking about the guy that uh the ravens took at pick 26 rashad perriman out of ucf uh, I, I gotta say, I love Brashad Perriman. I actually just drafted him in a dynasty startup uh, yesterday, nice. nice. And I'm really excited to own him because I think that he is an upgrade in every way over Tory Smith. Okay. Um, you know, people have been concerned with Perriman's drops while he was at UCF, but when I look at that tape, <laughs> it's like he was playing with Rex Grossman under center. <laughs> And you can't you can't blame blame a guy for not catching some balls when your quarterback is god awful. Super Bowl quarterback Rex Grossman is who you're talking about. Right? <laughs> that is correct. Right. Yeah. Um. I I think that Perriman has the speed to be Torrey Smith, especially with Joe Flacco's strong and accurate deep ball. Yeah. But I think that Perriman is also better underneath too. And Steve Smith is getting up there. I think Perriman is going to be the wide receiver one in Baltimore for the foreseeable future. Oh yeah, I agree. It's not going to be like last year when Steve Smith came in. They thought he was going to be an accessory player. And then here he, for for the first half of the season, outshined Torrey Smith far and away. Uh, Rashad Perriman's here. Um, there's people that there's a lot of talk that he looks like Julio Jones reminds people of Julio Jones. I think you need to, you know, keep your pants on. He's not Julio Jones or anything, but I think he's going to be a productive receiver from for years to come, especially because of the connection uh, that he and Flacco can make on the deep ball. Yeah, um, I actually think that Perriman kind of reminds me of Kevin White a little bit. He's got, he's not quite as big, but he's got that that big bulky size and mm-hmm. he's also got the speed to match it so yeah I, I do like Perriman a lot I mean they're an inch off that's pretty much the only difference right and um, and 19 picks well it's like uh Martellus Bennett said uh on Twitter there are only two places where inches matter and uh the football field is one of them I don't get it <laughs> don't worry about <laughs> it <laughs> I'll get it when I'm older 
Yes, something along those lines. <laughs> You're so innocent. I try to be. All right, so let, let's talk about another guy, uh, Philip Dorsett. Yeah. Um, he went to the Colts surprisingly, and yeah. a lot of people have been very criti- critical of this pick by Indianapolis. And to me, it's, you know, I, I can understand it because at that point, they're kind of in the same um situation as the bears where they could use a lot of help on defense Mm -hmm. but at the same time when you've got a pretty good offense and there's a player that you really like on the board more so than any defensive players why not go out and get him they've got crazy weapons out in indianapolis now now the only thing that this might be saying to me is that dante moncrief might not be as good as we're all thinking i'm sorry again dynasty owners that drafted him i can't argue with this pick there's a a lot of uh, analysts that are are crapping on it i mean when you're the top offense and you go ahead and take another guy like this i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know yell at you about it that's awesome like all you've got is another weapon to get for your quarterback you get so who who do they have out there now it's going to be Andre Johnson opposite of T.Y. Hilton along with Moncrief and then you've got the two the two uh capable tight ends like this this offense is going to be crazy unfortunately if he does get playing time this is going to take a little bit of production away from T.Y. Hilton um again here's how I see it um I, I see it a little bit similar to Miami yeah. where this really, really helps Andrew Luck, not that he needed it. I think right. he's clearly the top one or two quarterback, uh, depending on how you view Rodgers. I already had him at one. I mean, how high, How much higher can I put him? Right. Um, <laughs> and and for me, this this is more of a wait-and-see move if you're going to draft Dorsett in Dynasty. Right. Because they're going to need to pay Andrew Luck. Um, and I, I think that Dwayne Allen... Kobe Fleener uh, and T.Y. Hilton are all free agents after this season, so there, there's no way that they're going to be able to keep all three. And there's the rub. T.Y. Hilton might be going elsewhere very shortly. That's why you go in and get... A, I, th- I think he was the fastest the guy at the Combine, correct? Yeah, but see, here's what, here's what I'll say about Dorsett. I, I think that it's easy to jump to the conclusion that um, you know, they drafted him to be the Hilton replacement, but we all saw what happened with Randall Cobb and everybody was hyped up about Devontae Adams and he's still going to be productive. But if, if the Colts like Hilton enough and think that he's a good enough talent, they'll find a way to keep him. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, print out his gravestone just yet. I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see there because I think that they, they want to keep Hilton. No, absolutely. I could see them making other moves around. I mean, Andre Johnson's not always going to be on the books there. Sure, sure. And I think I think that Moncrief is pretty talented. They just, you know, why not take a guy like Dorsett when he's there? If you have that luxury, might as well do it. Um, and if uh, there's and if there's nobody on the defense that's going to solidify your Super Bowl uh, chances more than this, then go offense. I, I will say this. Uh, I'm not very interested in Dorsett for redraft. He's more of a long-term project to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, much for the same, uh, much for the same reasons you already said. Yeah, I think I think the the four guys that I would actually target uh, in redraft leagues in terms of wideouts this year are Cooper, White, Perriman, and the next guy that I want to talk about, Nelson Aguilar out of USC. Yeah. To Chip Kelly's Eagles. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, you know, we don't really have to talk about it too much, but 
everybody has has made the comparisons of Aguilar to Macklin from a yeah. physical standpoint and a skill set standpoint, and I think that they're right on. What what more is there to really say? I mean, you're in that offense, you're running a billion plays. PPR, this this guy will be, this guy should be good. Um, they've shown that they can convert rookies into productive players at a very quick pace. But um, yeah, I, I think that it's a, a little optimistic to say that Aguilar will produce Macklin's numbers. From oh, of course, year. of course. Uh, but I do think that he'll be a very productive, probably a, a high-end wide receiver three, uh, if I had to peg him right now. And I think that Aguilar could put up Macklin's numbers in a, another year or so. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. All right. Uh, who's the next wideout you want to talk about? Um, Jalen Strong, this guy went to the Texans in the third round, 70th pick overall. Um, I was more excited about it for him when I saw it. Then I remembered that they signed Cecil Shorts. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is a monster. He'll be a top wide receiver going forward from years. And this guy's the same age as him, um, can be seen on the opposite side of the field. I, the only thing is that uh, the coach already came out saying that he was a little disgruntled about his work ethic so i mean you don't like that sort of stuff happening early on these guys uh i'll say this about strong i think he's a project guy i don't i don't know that he's gonna really get that many snaps this year uh and i do like cecil shorts assuming he can stay healthy i read something about um you know his hamstring or soft tissue issues being due to the humidity in Jacksonville so we'll oh. see we'll see if that rings true or not uh it's definitely a, a better uh environment in Houston i guess uh but i do like shorts talent um he was actually a 1000 yard receiver with guys like Chad Henney uh you know a few years back so let, let, let's see what he can do with uh Hoyer or Mallet or whoever it might be this year no, I um, agree. Yeah, I agree. I just I don't want anything to do with Strong and redraft right now. No, even if he starts, I mean, who's the quarterback? You know, right? Hopkins is a wide receiver too to me. Everybody uh, who's in love with DeAndre Hopkins right now is a wide receiver one. I I would I would caution to uh, you know be a little bit less optimistic about him with that black hole at quarterback. Um, we'll see what he can actually do there. Uh, say what you will about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's he's actually a decent, serviceable starter. I don't know that I can say the same about Hoyer just yet, uh, and we don't really know that much about Ryan Mallett, so we'll see what happens. All fair points. All fair points. Um, I've got nothing more on him. Uh, next next is uh, Doriel Green-Beckham, DGB. I think uh, you, were, you were telling me that you were pretty excited about this guy. I am. Uh, again, he's a risk-reward type. Uh, you know, pe- people have made comparisons between him and Josh Gordon and Justin Blackman, and I, I think they're they're pretty fair because he's got that physical size and talent uh, to be very productive in the NFL. Uh, the problem is the off-field issues and uh, basically the question mark at quarterback because even if you're high on Mariota, there, there still is a pretty steep learning curve uh, once you reach the NFL, so we'll see. He's a draft and hold in dynasty. That's about it for me. Yeah, he's been going what in the mid to late first round of rookie drafts, and I think I think that's about right. Depending on the draft, uh, he can go even earlier just because of his sheer talent. If you have the ability to take a risk on a guy like this, that could be an absolute zero for you, or a great number one wideout, then take it. Uh, yeah, I just I don't think that I can justify taking 
Doriel Green Beckham any higher than five overall in a rookie draft? No, I, I personally couldn't. Absolutely not. Yeah, and, and again, in redraft, he's, you know, if he wins the starting job from Justin Hunter in training camp, Maybe I'll take him late, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not really counting on production from this guy. Being on the Titans alone kills him for me. I don't know. <laughs> well, same with uh, the next guy I want to talk about, Devin Smith, who yeah. uh, Ohio State. Uh, you know, he's he's actually a pretty talented guy, but and he's the he's the uh, speed element that the Jets need at receiver because they've already got Decker, Amaro, and Marshall now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, who knows who their quarterback's going to be? I I'm not interested in Devin Smith. Are you? No, I I mean I'm not even taking him in dynasty leagues. Yeah, I think that the Jets. Honestly, I think that the most exciting prospect, fantasy wise, for the Jets, for me at least. I know some are high on Decker and Marshall, but I might take their defense. <laughs> <laughs> not Zach Stacy. I don't know. They just went and got him for a seventh rounder. I think. Yeah, he. I don't. I don't understand that move at all because he doesn't seem like a good fit for Chan Gailey's spread offense. He's more of the ground and pound guy. If Rex Ryan had still been there, well, they just wanted to add another running back to the roster that doesn't play special teams. Yeah, I, I guess uh, when when you put it that way, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. See, J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Uh, you know, a uh, real quick side note. It's funny. Uh, one one of my friends who was living in Louisiana a couple years back. Um, this was right after the Jets were playing uh, in the Superdome and beat the Saints. Okay. I think it was two years ago, and he was telling me a story about a Jets fan in his apartment complex who was screaming J E T S Jets <laughs> at the top of their at the top of his lungs, and he said that he wasn't sure if he was going to live through the night. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, nice. but yeah, I, I, I don't really care about Devin Smith. Um, let, let's move on to yeah. a guy that I am kind of excited about, uh, Tyler Lockett out of Kansas state, um, went to the Seahawks in round three. And I think that Jimmy Graham's going to be the clear number one receiving option there. Sure. But I think that Lockett has uh, the talent to maybe be the number one wide receiver there. And the second receiving option behind Graham, what do you think? I think your other option is Doug Baldwin, and he's the definition of average wide receiver, no matter what he wants to tell you. Yeah, and I, I we've talked before. I, I do have a little soft spot in my heart for Doug Baldwin, uh, but I do think that Tyler Lockett is much, much better. He's a, he's sort of a T.Y. Hilton type. Hmm. Okay. Is your soft spot because he's a punk and you like punks? That That's something like that. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I don't know. I've from from the tape that I've watched of Doug Baldwin. I'm not a Seahawks fan, so I don't I don't watch a ton of their games. But he he does have this uncanny ability to get open sometimes that that doesn't really make sense to me given his actual physical talent. But from the know. from we the tape, we, we don't need to talk about Doug Baldwin. He's not fantasy relevant. No, so. from the tape I watched, namely Super Bowl um, forty. I forget what we're up to. Forty five. What the hell was last year? Um, Kyrus is 49. the guy that. 49? Wow, God, I'm getting old. You are uh, getting old. You're, you're, that dementia's creeping in, I it, think. It's, it's settling in. And not, and settling in, and it's gonna squat on me for a while. Um, that Kyrus guy is the guy with the talent that's the wide receiver for Seattle. You're not, uh, you're not sold on Chris Matthews at all? Nah. 
Yeah, I, th I think that was just a product of uh, everybody else being covered. So he was kind of the outlet for Wilson during the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, uh, I'm not super sold on Chris Matthews. Still, I mean, Russell Wilson is the, was the number three quarterback last year, and none of his wide receivers are worth owning. What is That's just crazy to me. No, you know, I, I'd be willing to take a flyer on Lockett because okay. from, from what I've seen from his tape at Kansas State, um, he one he he's got good enough route running and speed and agility to get some separation from the defensive backs. And two, uh, when everybody's covered and his quarterback scrambling, and Russell Wilson is a great scrambler, yes, Lockett finds a way to come back to the ball or to to get open at that last second when his quarterback needs an outlet. And that's exactly the play style that Russell Wilson likes from a receiver. If he can. He can he he can extend plays enough to get Lockett a crazy crazy deep ball or or, or a comeback to the sideline sort of sort of catch for a first down when nobody expects it to happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right. So who do you want to talk about after Lockett? Um, well, not really much to say on a couple of the next guys. Um, Chris Conley went in the third round to the Chiefs. Um, the uh, Chiefs that's have, where wideouts go to die. So. Exactly. It, it, that's you took the words right out of my mouth. The Steelers took Sammy Coates in the third round. Um, somehow the Steelers just turn wide receivers into viable fantasy options, though. Now it's a little crowded over there with Wheaton. Um, obviously Brown, he's not crowded. He's got a job that's staying. But uh, Martavis Bryant, Marcus Wheaton, they just drafted, drafted Sammy Coates now. Um, Maybe they're just trying to spread the field a little more for so they can get some running lanes for D'Angelo Williams, and then they'll be okay mm -hmm. when Le'Veon Bell gets there. I don't know, but they, they like taking a lot of receivers. I know that. Well, for me, I, personally, I'm a Martavis Bryant guy. I was uh, I was spouting love about him since last offseason, uh, and I, I think that his job is not in jeopardy. I think that he's only going to develop and be even better this year. Uh, I think that Coates is more so going to battle for playing time with Marcus Wheaton. And I agree. And, uh, neither are going to be fantasy-relevant options this year. And I completely agree. Um, Rashad Green, another third-rounder that went to the Jaguars. The Jaguars are just loading up on young wide receivers. I didn't really understand that. But not uh, the good ones. Well, I mean, Marcus Lee and Allen Robinson, uh, you know. I, I like Robinson, but I think he's been hyped up a little bit too. Uh, I think it's going to be another muddled situation where until we see who's going to be that number one wideout for Bortles that I don't really care about any of them in redraft. It could be nice, though, if a lot of this pan – I mean, they're going to need a lot of things to pan out, but if these wideouts pan out – Yeldon pans out, Bortles, you know, looks good, and they've got uh, uh, Julius, sorry, Julius Thompson, sorry, Thomas, Julius Thomas down there now. I mean, maybe we could have a nice little, you know, Cinderella story down in uh, down in Jacksonville, Florida, where none of the fans will be watching. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you if you want to put it that way, if uh, if Dwayne Bowe can make a comeback, if Johnny Manziel can can become <laughs> great, if Isaiah Crowell can become the next Adrian Peterson, the Browns could win the Super Bowl. So that would not be a Cinderella story, though. <laughs> All right, um, let let's move on. I don't really want to talk about Jacksonville any more than I no, need to. No, no, no. Next, uh, next is the only really actually uh, ex sort of exciting uh, whiteout left to me. Uh, you thinking Devin Funchess? Devin Funchess, yeah, absolutely. Second round, 41st overall, 
guy out of Michigan, another Midwestern boy, uh, went to the Panthers. What do you think about him? Uh, I think that they're building up uh, the wide receivers for Cam Newton, sort of like how Tampa Bay has Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans. They just try to get big guys um, because Cam is... He can be accurate at times, but he seems to be very inconsistent, and they want to put guys around him who can catch those 50-50 balls and who can kind of just reach out and grab it if it's uh, a little out of their reach. That's right. If Kelvin Benjamin keeps dropping the ball, then Devin Funches is going to get bunches. Oh, I hit that seemed so much better in my head before it happened out of my mouth. Yeah, that always seems to work that way for you, huh? Look, at, at bottom line, for me, uh, it's going to be Kelvin Benjamin and Greg Olson are going to be the two primary receivers there, and Funchess is the clear number three. So, again, I, he, he's interesting, but I'm not, I wouldn't be taking him as anything more than a, a late flyer at wideout. So you don't think we're going to get Funchess in bunches? That was terrible, and we're going to move on now. <laughs> Um, I, th- I think that's all we really got for wideouts. Uh, I'm just going to run through a couple real quick. If you have comments, feel free to uh, cut in. Um, I think Tony Lippett to the Dolphins is interesting uh, from an NFL perspective because I do like him uh, and his tape. But again, we've already we've already talked about Miami and kind of being a muddled situation. Um, Kenny Bell uh, out of Nebraska, he kind of reminds me of a sort of a Kendall Wright type. Um, He could be interesting in the slot uh, if Lewis Murphy doesn't work out there. Um, One other guy, Justin Hardy, went to the Falcons. Roddy White's kind of getting up there. So if he can can be productive in the slot, then he could get more of those uh, possession looks since they're they're kind of empty at tight end too. And and Matt Ryan needs that security blanket over the middle. Um, Was there anybody else that you wanted to touch on? I just want to congratulate Ty Montgomery on being the next NFL player that I hate. Why is that? Just because he went to the Packers? What do you mean just because? <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, honestly, with, with how loaded the Packers are at, at wide receiver, I don't know that Montgomery is even going to see the field. So we'll see what happens with that. Oh, he's a third rounder. He's, he's, he's got to see the field. I don't know. I don't know with with Devonte Adams and they still got Jared uh, Aberderis, is it and Jeff Janis? I, Jeff I think, Janis, yeah. yeah. Who knows? They they like a lot of J names over there too. Yeah, I don't like J names. All right, uh, let, let's talk about the one fantasy relevant <laughs> tight end uh, because let's be honest, there's nothing at tight end this year. Clive Walford. Yeah, how did you know? <laughs> Just a good guess. No, Max Williams, of course, and he steps into a nice situation. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, I I want Dennis Pitta to be healthy. I think he's a great player, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. That's been two years in a row now that his hip's given out. So Yeah, and it's a shame. I, you'd think they'd have a nice fluid transition from Todd Heap, who may be a Hall of Famer, into Dennis Pitta, who could be awesome. I mean, he could be a top, you know, five, six tight end if he's able to stay healthy. Now this Max Williams guy, a big guy, you know, not huge, but, you know, big guy. Um, See how he works out for him. Yeah, you know, they didn't get Max Williams to block because he's not a great blocker. He's going to be that middle-of-the-field possession guy, Uh, but I I do think that um, he's not going to run away with the job. I, I do like 
what I saw out of flashes of uh, Crockett Gilmore last year. I think that he's still going to be there, and he's gonna, still going to take a good number of snaps. Um, so again, for fantasy in redraft, Max Williams is a very late-round flyer if you're going to be streaming tight ends. Uh, in dynasty, he's probably, what, like a mid to late second-round pick uh, for your rookie draft, something like that. If that, I mean, there, there's so many tight ends, and you only start one on your team. You, even even if, you know, even in a, a multi flex league, you're, you're not starting multiple tight ends. And there's so many guys that it's such a muddled middle in terms of mid range production. I don't think Max Williams is even going to touch mid range production this year. Yeah, I, I agree. He's going to be that. You know, if if they're playing a god awful defense one week, and you really need a cheap tight end in daily or something, maybe take a flyer on him. Yeah, no, um, I, I completely agree. The the only other last tight end that I did want to touch on really quick is Jesse James out of Penn State. Uh, this guy is massive. He's six seven, two hundred sixty pounds, and the Steelers grabbed him in the fifth round, which. He's going to be a project, but Heath Miller is getting older, and I think that he could be a very interesting weapon for Big Ben in the middle of the field in a couple of years. We'll see what happens. I I also do agree there. He's very he's far down in the in the, uh, in the list on NFL.com, but he is the only other one that I think is even relevant, uh, remotely exciting. Um, Busta Anderson be- is exciting because his his nickname is Busta. <laughs> Well, and because uh, Vernon Davis seems like he's on his last breath, so. Yeah, but typically 254th picks don't turn into fantasy-relevant tight ends. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Um, like I said, Max Williams, that's the only real uh, potential option this year, um, and that's even way late, so. Yeah. Well, that uh, that wraps it for our uh, for the draft. I hope you were excited, as excited as I was. Yeah, and I think um, you know, in in a little in a little while, in a few weeks, uh, we'll start doing a breakdown by division of uh, different fantasy relevant players. Um, so we'll run through those, and uh, yeah, we hope you will join us again soon in the future. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, you can tweet them to us. Uh, you can reach me at ffa underscore mung. That's M E N G. And I'm at FFA underscore LOS, L-O-S. Feel free to get a hold of our producer, Dan Green, at FFA underscore Dan. He's always happy to answer all of your questions, um, no matter what they may be regarding. Uh, I'm excited to get into some of these next episodes, get into some real fantasy football discussion. I mean, the draft is whatever the draft is. I don't get too excited about rookie picks. More Others get more excited than me. But I'm excited to get into these next couple episodes. We are going to have some good stuff for you folks. Now, don't forget, like us on Facebook. Follow us on the Twitter. Uh, like we just said, send us your questions. Send us your comments. Tell us what you want to hear about. All right? And until All right. next. Yeah, peace out and go Bulls. Thanks, addicts. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Si te cambias a Boosmobile, puedes tener el poder de un iPhone SE, lo que significa tener el poder para ver todos tus programas, bajar toda tu música, o el poder de llamar a tu ex. Deja de llamármelo, nuestro término. Mejor no llames a tu ex. Cámbiate ahora y llévate un iPhone SE por cero dólares, todo en una de las redes 5G más grandes del país. Más poder para ahorrar. Boost Mobile.
Teléfono gratuito limitado a nuevos clientes y uno por línea. Excluye impuestos. Aplica restricciones adicionales. 5G no disponible en todas partes. Verbosmobile.com para más detalles. Y déjate de llamar a tu ex. Ya no quiero saber nada de ti.